to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be here with Chicago Tabernacle Church. We ask, Lord, for your grace to just come upon us. And ask right now for a special manifestation of the Holy Spirit to fulfill heaven's decree for this time, this season, and this church. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor Toledo and all that you are doing in and through him. We ask, Lord, that you will continue to bless him, the ministry, the church, so that this body will be, become a global body. And so we give you thanks. We give you praise. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, I bring you greetings from our church in Singapore. We already had our service. It's, um, it's 1030 p.m. in the night on Sunday night. <laughs> so we are, we are about 13 hours from you and um, the folks have already prayed for you. I have 300 intercessors right now praying just for you this morning. I want to thank Pastor L for this invitation to be with you and God opens the door for me to be with you guys here. What a privilege to have met him in Anaheim and then to be here uh, with you guys this morning. I do want to say something before I go into the Word of God, that it is not the size of the church that counts, but it's the size of impact that counts. And I believe that God is using this church to be a global impact. And I want to say to you and to your pastor that he has to pay the price for global impact, which is to go to the nations. And you, the people of God, will have to pay the price of releasing him as he continues to pastor this church, but he will need to pastor the global community. Amen? So say to the person beside you, let pastor go to the nations. And then turn to the other person and say, you go as well. All right, it's not about your pastor going, but it's about all of you shoring up so that you can touch the nation for Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, very quickly, let me jump into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 15 to 21. If you, if you have a Bible, open to it. All right. As evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. And, and then Jesus said, they, they said to Jesus, send them to the villages that they may buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, I want you to know this is perhaps the most important verse in this story. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. Jesus says, bring them here to me. Verse 18, Jesus had the people sit down. Verse 19, taking up the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. Verse 21, and the numbers that ate was 5,000 men besides women and children. I want to talk about breakthrough this morning. When we talk about breakthrough, this is the situation where the disciples were in. They were, caught in a, they were caught in a situation where they had to provide food for the people. But the disciples had 
challenges that day. They had obstacles that day. That they, they, therefore, the disciples needed a breakthrough. So did the people. Now, I think about the disciples. They probably came together and they, you know, the, the problem here began with Jesus Christ. Because verse 14, if you look at chapter 14, verse 14, the Bible says Jesus landed and he saw the crowd and he had compassion on them. And compassion leads to action. When Jesus moved into action, time is of no consequence for Jesus. So Jesus ministered a long, long time, mucho, mucho tiempo. And by this time, they, the people were extremely hungry and the disciples, I guess, could hear the cry of hungry, empty stomach. And it was their responsibility to feed the crowd. Now, I want you to know, I know in your Bibles, it says the feeding of 5,000. Isn't that correct? I want you to know, it's not 5,000. That's a mistake because they only counted the men. Yeah, look at verse 21. And the numbers they ate was 5,000 men besides women and children. So if every man brought his wife, it's the feeding of 10,000. And if every man brought his wife and brought two kids because I've got two, it's the feeding of 20,000. If every man brought his wife, brought two kids, brought the dogs and the cats, man, that's mucho, mucho, mucho. Mucho más. So this is a tremendous miracle of breakthrough that happened. This is also the only miracle that is recorded in Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John. Uh -huh. And if it's recorded in Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John, God is making an emphasis here for us to sit up and understand that it is something for us to consider this morning. It is a miracle of breakthrough. And I want to share very quickly how this miracle of breakthrough happened so that you and I can become instruments of breakthrough. I believe what Pastor had experienced in Zambia is only a glimpse of breakthrough. I believe the church, as you sow 800 over $1,000 into this Beyond Project, let me just say, it is only a glimpse of the breakthrough that you're bringing into this community. And that which you have began, don't stop. Because God is working with you so that it can come to that place of completion. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, um, before I get too carried away, let me just say, in order to help me close this sermon so that you can go for lunch, <laughs> I will need 12 men in a moment's time to help me close this sermon. Is that all right? All right, so God's speaking to 12 of you gentlemen. So when I ask you to come just to help me close the sermon, please come. Amen? Amen. I learned something very interesting about Africa. I love Africa. And I'm like your pastor. We are in love with Africa. And the African loves to say amen. amen. Because amen means so be it, I believe in it. You know, so that's all I'm going to ask you to do. Because I learned three things in Africa. Number one, they love to stand and dance. And I'm not asking you to do that this morning. All right. Number two, they love to, I don't know about, but in the African churches I preach in, they will come up and they will throw their dollars and they put their rent onto the stage whenever I'm preaching because they are sowing to the word to say, I'm sowing in agreement to the word. 
Now, I'm not asking you to do that, but if you feel like you want to do that, you can come and put your money here and it will be collected going to the general fund. Amen. We pastors love that. <laughs> and so, out of the three things, I'm going to ask you to do just one, and that is to say amen. amen. So, if you agree with what I'm saying, just say amen. 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 All right. I'm going to give you very quickly the keys to a breakthrough. We look at verse 15. The Bible tells us as evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, this is the remote place. Uh, therein is the first key to a breakthrough. In the remote place, God is there. Amen. There is no place so remote that God will never go to. The problem with the disciples is that they could not perceive, they did not have the insight, they didn't have the revelation to understand that God was there. It blows my mind literally when I think about the disciples having Jesus by their side and they could still say, this is a remote place. It does not make sense to me because where Jesus is, there is always miracles, amen? Where Jesus is, there's always miracles, supernatural, and healing. Amen? Amen? So the first key has to do with recognizing the presence of God. Now, folks, I'm going to go real fast, all right? So just hang in there with me. The first key deals with recognizing the presence of God. Friends, listen, you may have come this morning, and during the time of worship, you may have mouthed those words, but you know deep down on an inside, there is a big chasm, there is a big gap, there is a huge barrier between you and God, and it seems as something is limiting you from stepping into the presence. Maybe some of you, you have came this morning to church, and you were burdened, extremely burdened, carrying a heavy burden, uh, uh, where you need financial breakthrough and you have not been able to see that breakthrough and this morning you feel as if you are in a remote place well I have got news for you in the remote place God is there so learn to recognize God's presence because the moment you can perceive the presence of God then you can have the miracle number two they came to Jesus and said master this is a remote place it's already getting late. Let's just hang in there. The second key has to do with time. Because when it is late, it is time for a miracle. Amen. Amen. I want to say that again. This site seems to be asleep, so let me preach to you guys. When it is late, it's time for a miracle. Amen. Amen. Friends, listen, it ain't over. It's never over where God is concerned because God's not early, God's not late, God's on time. I know. For the disciples, they were looking at stuff with their natural eyes so they could not perceive God's presence. I mean, I guess, I reckon they were looking around. There's no Starbucks, no, no golden arches. It's a remote place. Next thing, they look at the sky and the, and the sun is setting and it looks as if time is against them. But friends, you know, God loves to come at the last hour. I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, I ask God, God, why don't you come earlier? Why don't you come early? You know, God stops himself from doing that because chances are if he came early, rescues us, gives us the miracle, you and I have this syndrome 
It, and, and the syndrome is that you and I love to sing that number from the late Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. <laughs> and when we do that, you know what happens? We have touched the personal things of God. Because the glory of God belongs to Him. But we steal it by saying we did it our way. And whenever we touch the personal things of God, friends, listen, there is a judgment. I remember the Old Testament. The Ark of the Covenant was in Obed-Edom's home. It was there for three months and God prospered Obed-Edom. Remember, that's the presence. Where the presence of God is, there is always provision, miracles, signs and wonders. That's why the first key has to do the presence. And then David sent some jokers <laughs> to go pick up the ark. And those jokers went there and instead of carrying the ark, they decided to bring it on a cart. How many of you remember the story? And when they were pulling the cart, what happens? The cart went over a pebble and it started sliding and the ark of the covenant started sliding off, isn't it? A young man with good intention tried to help push the ark, isn't it? What happened to the young man? He died. I tell you, good intention will kill you. You need God's intention. Never do stuff out of good intention. Make sure it's God's intent. Now what happened in that episode, besides we understanding about good intentions can kill you, I also learned a second principle here. And that is when you touch God's personal stuff, God has got no choice but to bring a judgment. And so when we steal God's glory, we are touching the personal things of God. But because God loves us, so turn to the person beside you and say, God loves you. Now turn to the other person and say, God loves me. Because God loves you and God loves me, he holds himself back. And that's why God never comes early. Uh-huh. And that's the reason. Pastor, could I get there and interview these folks? Any of you sitting beside your spouse right now? Oh, great. Wonderful. What's your name, sir? Jim. Jim, nice to meet you. And? Rita. Rita, nice to meet you. Do you guys swim? Yes. Do you swim well? Pretty good. Pretty good. Do you swim well? I, I float, yes. You float? Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. This, this is good. This is getting great. Now imagine after this service, Jim and Rita decides to go. Is, is, there, is there a beach nearby? Yes. Some, all right. Okay. Now we're talking. And, and after service, they, they decided to go to a beach. And since it's a nice summer day, I mean, the heat is killing me, but you know, just imagine that you guys would love to have that private time. And so, Jim is laying the, the blanket with all the picnic basket getting ready, and Rita, for whatever reason, decides to just jump into the sea. And as soon as she jumps into the sea, there is an underwater current that now takes her one mile out. And she is drowning. And she's screaming to you, Jim, help me, darling, I'm drowning. What are you going to do? Now, before you answer this question, <laughs> think very carefully 
The wrong answer will set you outside tonight with the dogs. <laughs> All right, Jim, are you ready? She is drowning, dying. The love of your eye is drinking so much seawater. What are you going to do? Good man. <laughs> Give him a big hug. Any lifeguard here? Anybody? Anybody trained in lifeguard? Nobody. Pastor L, what Jim has just said is that he's going to do a Baywatch number. <laughs> but unfortunately, Baywatch is a figment of imagination. That's what Hollywood is all about. It's not true. Do you know that a person who is drowning does not understand the concept of rescue? Because they're drinking so much water, all they want is to get a birth so that they can breathe. And if you come early and you float along to her, she's going to try to push you down so that she can get up. She don't understand the concept. The drowning person does not understand the concept. As a result, the whole rescue operation will fail and you'll end up with two funerals. So lifeguard training teaches us this. Number one, wait till the person stops flabbing so that by the time you go rescue them, you're able to haul them back. If not, if you jump, you've you got to understand, they carry with them this, this, this piece of board. And this piece of board is not just a float, but it's there to hit you <laughs> so that the person stops impeding the rescue operation. Now, there, there is, therein is a spiritual principle here why God never comes early. Because if he came early, number one, we're going we're gonna to steal his glory. But number two, we may mess up his rescue operation. So God waits. God waits for us to drink enough water, <laughs> to stop fighting, to come to a place of total surrender. And then he comes. Then you know, you know, you know it's all God. Hallelujah. So the second key to a breakthrough is that there's a time of God. There's a timing of God. Because God is not early, he's not late, he's on time. And for some of you, you are drowning in that place where you are economically. You may be drowning emotionally in your marriage. You may be drowning, but friends, listen very, very carefully. God, it's about to turn up. I want to say that again. God is about to turn up. Can someone say amen? The disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send them to the village that they may buy themselves something to eat. Verse 16, Jesus says, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Third key to a breakthrough is that God's breakthroughs always involve his servants. God's breakthrough in any community, in any part of the world, always involve the servants of God. How many servants of God do we have here in this room tonight? 
You see, God loves to have collaboration and partnership with his people. But God requires them to say, yes, sir. I don't know about you, but I've served in the military service. And when you go into the military service, you realize that no, sir, is an oxymoron. When your commander asks you to do something, you don't say no, sir. No, sir, will put you into deep yogurt. Yeah. You're done. It's yes, sir. But strangely, when the Lord of hosts, commander of hosts, asks us to do stuff, it's strange that we will say no, sir. And that's why there's no miracles happening around us. Miracle abounds when a son and a daughter of God will say, yes, Lord. For every yes, Lord, a miracle happens. For every yes, Lord, a breakthrough happens. Look at the person beside you and tell them, you are my answer today. Look at the other person and say, you are the church answer. The world is looking for a man or a woman that will say yes. I want to submit to you the greatest miracle or a greater miracle has yet to be realized in this body. Yeah. I am sure there will be a major multiplication out of this body financially to bless the world and to touch the world for Jesus Christ. From the opening pages of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 12, I read of a man that was minding his own business. And when the word of God came to this man, and it's not even a believer. He was a God-fearer. His name was Abraham. And the angel of God came to Abraham and says, leave this place and go to a land that I will show you. And when Abraham said, yes, Lord, he became the father of a nation. Great destiny. There is destiny in you that's about to break through. You just have to say yes, Lord. We run very quickly from, from Genesis into Exodus and we read of this man, a powerful man who became a nobody who's right now in a desert meeting God in a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. And God says to him, Moses, I'm sending you. And when Moses says, Yes, Lord. He became the greatest leader. Rushing through into the book of Judges, we read of a young boy who was in fear because of the Midianites. And he said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that young boy became the greatest deliverer in the nation of Israel. We fast forward that into the New Testament and I read of this young virgin girl who said, yes, Lord. And she gave birth to Jesus. She became the mother of Jesus. Gave birth to Jesus who, broke, who, who gave us the breakthrough so that you and I can have access to God. I think of Acts chapter 9 when the Saul of Tarsus was riding in and God hit him off his horse and Saul said, yes, Lord. He became the greatest apostle. Friends, listen, destiny is ahead of you. A destiny of breakthrough because God did not call this church 
and pastor was saying the disproportionate size. God did not call you with such size, with such content and essence in you to just be for yourself, but there is a greater world awaiting you. And when you and I say, yes, Lord, I want you to know the greatest breakthrough is yet to be seen. Let me close right now. And can I have my 12 gentlemen to come very quickly right to the stage? Yeah, just come, 12 of you, very quickly, 12 men. The last to come will be my Judas Iscariot, so come quickly. <laughs> I just have a couple more minutes and then I need to close this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. Where's Judas, man? <laughs> All right, can you 12 men face me? I'm the best looking dude here this morning. <laughs> Help me finish this sermon right now. How many disciples did Jesus have? The 12 disciples found, and I didn't have, I didn't have time to talk about grace, but they found five loaves of bread and two fish. That's grace. Listen very carefully. God's grace, it's always there. God's grace is right now in your midst, awaiting the greatest breakthrough. But you have to perceive His presence. You have to know that the timing of God is now, yea and amen. amen. And then you have to realize you are God's instrument for a breakthrough. But this last point I want to close is this. The disciples brought to Jesus how many loaves of bread? How many fish? The Bible says, Jesus says, bring them here to me. And then verse 18, Jesus had the people sit down. Just follow the scripture with me very carefully. Then the Bible says in verse 19, taking up the loaves of bread, giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. Now this is probably how it happened. Jesus took the, bar, the first barley loaf of bread, broke it into half and gave half of bread one to disciple number one. The second half of bread one to disciple number two. Took bread number two, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to disciple number three and four. Took bread number three, gave, broke it, gave, uh, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to disciples number five and six. Took the bread number four, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to disciples number seven and eight. How many loaves of bread left? Uno, one. Took the last loaf of bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to disciples number nine and ten. What is left with Jesus? Dos pescados, two fish. How many disciples did not have something in their hands? Two. Isn't that coincidental? Jesus took the first fish, gave thanks. Didn't break it, it's not a fish jerky. <laughs> gave it to disciple number 11. Took the last item that was there. Gave thanks, gave it to disciple number 12. You see, the story started with the disciples not having anything. That's why they say, send them. But Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Because now that you have something in your hand, you give them something to eat. And the Bible tells us in Romans, God has given unto every man and woman a measure of his grace. That's why I say the grace of God is here. God has put redemptive gifts and talents in every man and woman right now. Every boy and girl in this room. And 
if we will do something with it, God will multiply. And this is what I probably, my vivid, sanctified imagination tells me Jesus says, yes, this is a remote place. Yes, it's late in the natural. But you who have something in your hand, now give them something to eat. Come on, let's give a big hand to these guys as they go back. Thank you. Gracias, hermano. Listen, that disciple took the half body loaf to that segment of the crowd. He's looking at it. You know what he has to do? He has to give what he it's not giving what you do not have. You know, a lot of times we make, we, we make faith promises and we say, oh God, yeah, let me hit, hit the lottery. And God says, what is it in your hand right now? Give it away. And the disciples started breaking bread and more bread. Listen, the miracles did not come because Jesus kept breaking bread to become a bread-making machine. You can go to Walmart or, or JCPenney and buy a bread-making machine. Jesus ain't no bread-making machine. The miracle of breakthrough happens in the hands of the disciples when they gave what they have. Every one of you start giving what you have. The greatest financial breakthrough will come through this church. Every one of you giving what you have in your talent. What a great multiplication of talent that will transform this entire community. And when this community is transformed, can you imagine the transformation it will bring to the state of Illinois? Wow. God is watching from heaven this morning to see if you could perceive His presence here this morning. His presence is here to do something for you. God is waiting for you to understand this is the time for the breakthrough. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. It is now. Ahora. Now. God is about to do something. But He requires every son and daughter of God to align to His purposes and say, yes. Yes, I will. It requires you to step into the offering plate of the Holy Spirit and say, here I am, Lord. Here am I. And then, you got to give what you have. Listen, I'm not taking a second offering this morning. I could. But instead, I want to take an offering of lives. Because if you can come to this place of prayer this morning and say, God, I'm standing onto the offering plate of the Holy Spirit. I'm giving my aspiration, my needs, my wants, my desires to you. Some of you, you are going through difficult times. But listen, the law of sowing demands that you have to sow something to get something. Start sowing your life so that a miracle will come. I don't have time to tell you my story. I'm a high school dropout, but I step into the offering plate of the Holy Spirit. So in a nutshell, God began to multiply the abilities I have, are, I mean, they are supernaturally empowered from on high. It's not because I'm a learned man. 
Your pastoral staff heard this week how I didn't have nothing. You know, I'm a straight F student. Yeah. But God has done it all. God can do it for me. God will do it for you. So my last two minutes, I'm going to ask you to stand. And if you want a personal breakthrough, listen, there were 12 baskets from Everybody ate and was satisfied. That's the multiplication, the miracle, the breakthrough of multiplication. And I believe that's going about to happen here in your life and in this church. Because this beyond project, listen, God can do it with a snap of a finger. But He ain't going to do that because He's looking out to see whether you will perceive His presence, His time, you'll be willing to be, to be His servant, and whether you're prepared to give it all. Because the day it happens, the multiplication will take place in your life. Because I'm going to believe in your life, there will be 12 baskets full to remind you of what He can do. Amen. So, as the worship team comes and as they lead the first song, first line, first word, you come to this place. And when you come to this place, you step into the offering plate and say, God, here I am. I'm saying yes. Use me. Use all of me. Amen. Very quickly, come right now. Come right now. Spirit of God, come like the as close as you can. Folks, when you come, I want you to lift your hands this way to God. Because you are presenting to God your life, your all. Yes, I understand some of you are going through certain crisis moments, but present it all to God. Let God take it all. And then let a multiplication take place. I'm going to have Pastor L to come and pray for you. He's your shepherd. He is God's shepherd for you. And I'm going to ask him to pray the prayer of blessing, of multiplication. Because I believe this morning when he prays and when you say yes to his prayer, something is going to happen because this morning you are transacting with heaven. You are transacting for how God is going to work through your life this morning. Come on, lift your hands to heaven right now as Pastor L comes. Spirit of God, come like the dawn, open the heavens on us. We want to know you, we want to know you, oh God. Spirit of God, come like the dawn.
offer ourselves. We surrender. We surrender, God. We begin. We perceive the presence of God is here with us, oh God. God, we know you're here with us today. Spirit of the living God, you are with your people. You're as close as the mention of your name. Oh God, we perceive that you're here. And God, we know you're never too late, oh God. We believe that the time is now, oh God. The time is now, Lord. But Father, we surrender, we surrender. Come on, just tell him, I surrender everything. We put our lives, oh God, into your hands today, oh God. We surrender our lives, our mind, our heart, our strength, oh God, our finances, our families. We put it all in your hands today, oh God. We put it all in your hands, oh God. We surrender. We surrender. Come on, just tell the Lord you surrender. We surrender. We surrender, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, your word says you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I believe you right now, God. I believe you, Lord. Even as I touch my sister's hand, it's like every hand is being touched that is lifted to you. I believe that in these hands, oh God, your gift of multiplication, God, is being released, oh God. Would you release that gift, oh God? Would you release that gift, release us into our calling, into our purpose, oh God, into, oh God, the plan that you have for us to impact the kingdom of God, Lord God. God, use us, Lord God, use us to impact your kingdom for your glory. We will not touch your glory. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the honor. We'll give you all the praise. Come on, begin to shout to him. Glory, honor, and praise belongs to you, oh God. It belongs to you, oh God. All the glory to you, oh God. Hallelujah. Father, release your plan and your purpose. Every life, every family, oh God, every heart. Release it by your mighty power. God, we go from this place rejoicing that with our own eyes, we're gonna see your miraculous hand at work. And we thank you. We thank you. This is what I believe with your eyes closed, but listen. The key is that God is giving us the privilege to participate in the miracle he wants to do on this earth. It's our privilege. So we go rejoicing in the privilege to be used by you. We rejoice. Can we put our hands together and bless God? Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, God. Praise you, God, for all you're going to do through your people. 
Hallelujah. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your messenger. Would you bless the messenger, God, that you sent to us for this word, oh God. God, send us out to make a difference, to be your answer, oh God, wherever we go. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you. Greet one another as you're on your way out. God bless you, everyone. Hallelujah.